and enjoyed being with my brother. Uh, I also am just so thankful for Dr. Mila and her husband for opening themselves up to our church and allowing them to be the prophetic voice to us. And wasn't that great last weekend? Amen. Amen. I had a conversation, uh, actually text message with uh, Dr. Mila, and uh, I just opened up the platform if there's anything that you wanted to give to the church today prophetically. If so, yes, uh, why don't you make your way, and while you're coming, um, someone could help her up the stairs, please. And um, there's just something that God is doing that's amazing. Actually, this morning, I was greeted twice with someone uh, receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And amen, amen. And so there is breakthrough happening at Valley in our cities. Um, We gave a little over $4,200 to disaster relief. Uh, I personally got a phone call from them in Florida and thanking us for the gift that we gave. Um, They're on it. And, you know, when they give the report, Um, We have a tendency when we're outside our own church of not really saying a lot because it kind of like builds what you're doing up. But I want to tell you there are hundreds of people receiving Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. There are many people that are getting uh, not only born again but healed uh, in the ministry. Um, Personally, um, I had family Uh, that were in the area. Their houses were not destroyed. Uh, But also we had people that used to attend years ago in our church that their house was destroyed. So I've been in contact with them, praying with them, and just uh, blessing them in a spiritual way. Um, Very special people. So last week was amazing. I told Mila that I, I watched it twice. Uh, Yes, I watched it on Sunday. I was looking at you. No, (laughs) I watched it Sunday, and then I watched it the other day, and which really impacted. I wrote a lot of notes of what God was saying prophetically to us as a church and then took it to the Lord uh, in some fasting and prayer. Um, God, what are you saying to me as the pastor of the church? So this this is not only a lot of fun, breakthrough, but it's also serious business. And so, Dr. Mila, um, as you all well know, we receive you as a voice, prophetic voice from the Lord and a teacher of the Word. Um, So I just open this up to you, and uh, in addition, whatever you would like to bring to us, what the Holy Spirit's been saying to you. Go ahead. Well, we're worshiping the Lord, was showing me that he has released angels already to prepare this church as his sanctuary. The Lord says, I have prepared your heart as my sanctuary to receive my presence. Your mind has been prepared to receive his wisdom because God has prepared all of us, not only in the being washed by the word, but in the process of repentance. I really believe that the Lord has said this church is going to be one of the hubs that God is going to use in the move of this country and the world. That the Lord is preparing us as a congregation to be not only a sanctuary, but going to be a vessel that God is going to use to mobilize what he is doing. He is asking us to participate with something huge that's coming up. And it's already happening in other parts of the world. And as we were worshiping, I mean, just the presence of the Lord, Mm. and the ministering angels was being moved in this sanctuary. And the Lord said, I am preparing this church to be a sanctuary as one of the hub that I'm going to use in the expanding the gospel in the last days. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. My my question and statement to you would be is a lot of times there are a lot of a lot of voices out there and in these voices um, 
we have to decide what we're listening to. And so I want you to, with your voice, if you are in agreeing, agreement with this, to proclaim your reception of the word of the Lord. And a lot of times, uh, great men and women of God give a word, people listen, and then they try to allow that to um, come in agreement with what their life is. But I want to say to you, when God speaks, it's always bigger than your life is today. And so we need to uh, really proclaim out of our hearts, through our mouth, that we receive the word uh, from the Lord today. Can you do that? By saying this, I receive God's word. Go ahead and say it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. As we proclaim that, Lord, give us as individuals and homes real understanding of what you are beginning to do in our church. And I give you praise and just an amazing humbleness that the God of creation is focused on Valley Community Church. And we give you praise for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the vessel you have used in a mighty way to touch this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, part of that, um, just uh, I don't think Dr. Mila knows, but uh, a few weeks ago I was invited to a meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, from the president of our organization, uh, and he's gathering uh, some men and women together uh, to d discuss what God is doing in this world. And so I am flying out on a Monday, flying back on Wednesday. Uh, meetings will be Monday uh, the 16th, uh, November. Uh, Monday evening, all day Tuesday, goes from 8 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. And then Wednesday morning from 8 until 12. And then I'll be hopping on a plane and flying back home. And so I want you to pray about that because the Lord has really been speaking to me, as you well know, that, well, maybe you don't, but I already have our messages that we're going to have on Sunday morning and Sunday night all the way through next year of February. And because God is speaking a very unique way, and there's, there's something new that God is doing. I've been in ministry uh, over 40 years, and, and I, I'm always recognizing a season a unique season, and we are in that. You need to invite your friends and your family to church. You need to bring them because they are looking for the answers, and they don't know how to find it. And where they're going to find the answer is listening to the Word of God from a pulpit that teaches truth, and also in the midst of worship that is prophetic worship, and that's what Valley Community is. So you can tell I'm excited. Um, I even, at the point, because I'm so excited about Valley Community Church, I was debating whether I should go to this meeting, and then my wife says, well, you know, you always teach uh, to honor those that are above you, and uh, I think you need to honor, uh, you know, Brother Randy, and uh, go to that. Randy is a friend of, my, of ours, uh, Randy Remington, who's our president and an amazing young man that is taking our organization, which is worldwide, uh, to a place that I believe greater than we've ever experienced. So um, we're going to begin as the meeting ends. We're going to begin to pray in a specific way for not only our organization, but so that we honor those. So I told my wife, you're right. I'm going. So I got on the computer and bought my plane ticket immediately, and uh, we'll be in talking about it more, and please keep me in prayer during this specific time. We've been talking about a series that I entitled, I Am Free, recognizing the season, the decade, but especially this year and the end of this year, a breakthrough year. We have experienced as a church many breakthroughs. We are moving 
to a greater realm of building, of restoration. And in this, today I want to talk about what I believe is probably the greatest battle that you and I have in the entirety of our lives. It's breaking from a bondage of the fear of man. Breaking from the bondage of the fear of man. In Proverbs 29, verse 5, you'll see the scripture on the screen. It's a man, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. We have been describing of making choices in our life of making choices of doing it God's way and living our lives according to God's ways, not man's ways. You talk to people I was sharing with some of the leaders this morning that I meet with on Sunday morning, and I was sharing with them that what I have recognized that there is a group of people that's large in our nation that when you say something like the home, they ask you, well, what is the home? They don't know what home is. Because to them, home brought them tragedy. And because we find in the educational system that home is not taught anymore, uh, many people do not understand what it consists of, what it is, how uh, understanding that everything in life depends upon the serving of God. We've removed God out of our educational system. We've removed God, tried to, out of our political system. And in that, of allowing God to be the the basis of a home and the basis of relationship and the basis of child-rearing, young people today do not know what it is. Even if you explain it to them, they have a disagreement of that. They will tell you that that's not what I term as home. Basically thinking, I don't need home. I just need to be free of what I what I can do. And what I will tell you is they are bound in bondage to man, the fear of man. And because of this bondage, the conclusion is, is disastrous home life, disastrous marriages, raising children not under the blessing of a covenant that God loves your kids and your grandkids. The fear of man is one of the top bondages among believers also. It's not just in the world, it's with people. And so what I'm trying to do today is to bring you a revelation of what the fear of man is where you can decide the next step that you will make in a breakthrough. Because we're going to learn that if we're still in bondage to the fear of man, then most of our decisions are made to serve man. And I'll explain that in a little bit. The fear of man is the most deceptive fear there is. It has everything to do with what you accomplish outside your home. There are many people that struggle in jobs and promotions and all the different things. Bottom line, I will tell you, the deception is because someone over you is mean and cruel and uh, is prejudiced or whatever The deception is that. The truth is that because we fear man and believe that man is our answer of what they decide, then we struggle in life because we are serving man 
And I want to tell you, mankind cannot answer the questions of your life. Only God can. So you're seeing where we're going with this. We've been talking about being free, breaking through from bondages. We've discussed what bondage is. We've discussed uh, what sin is. We've discussed what breakthrough and what it is and who God is and his ways in the series before. But now let's, let's really get to the crux of this series that will last through December. I promise you this series will end, but we're going to dive into another one in addition to what we're teaching. But we have to understand that people who are bound by the fear of men typically do not realize that they are. They cover it over with anger, with offense, with, well, they're wrong, and, and they're just because of their personality and all the different things. And, and we begin to argue against that when we need to understand that it is a spiritual thing that in us we are fearful of what man will do to us. Because you don't think the fear of man is a spiritual thing also, you say, well, that's just my personality. That's just the way I am. That's why I say I react and I do the things that I do. That's a deception. Yes, we have a personality. Yes, sometimes my personality, guess what? Your personality needs a change from the way, by the ways of God. But people who have the fear of man fall into one of two categories. Let me show you this. Either you are a, a person, a people pleaser, or you want everyone happy, and you just can't have peace. The reason why you do everything you do is you want to make someone happy. The reason why you do what you do is because you know, you want to please everybody. You go to work, you want to please your boss because it's your boss that will take you into eternity. No. Or the second category is you say, I'm not in bondage. Remember Israel? I'm not in bondage, bondage to a spirit. I'm just a control freak. I'm a type A personality. Remember, I brought that up. That's where I am. I am, when I take those tests, I'm that type A personality. But I'm not bound to my personality. I'm bound to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do these, one of these two things, we, be, we are bound in spiritual bondage. And the enemy has brought deception in our lives. So let's go on. I, I want to help you. This, this is, you know, this message might make you feel a little uncomfortable a little bit because it's hitting right where you're at today and the things that you've said, and you're living in offense, and you're living with unforgiveness. But my heart, you've got to know my heart. My heart is so that you'll have the truth, that the truth will make you free. And you'll be freed up from this. And you'll begin to move forward knowing what God's called you to do. And no man can hinder what God has called you to do when you serve your Lord and Jesus. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We tend to blame our personalities thinking there is really nothing broken. That's just who we are. But let me tell you something encouraging before we go on. God wants to free you from the fear of man, and it's not your personality. God loves your personality. Don't hate who you are. It's easier to take authority over a demon than to change your personality because Jesus Christ did the work and gave you that authority. Remember, we've talked in this series about demon possession, how that we serve a master. We either serve God or we serve a master of our soul, all right? So, so the bondage, that, that spiritual bondage that can take place. So we need to also understand our spiritual authority. As a parent, we mold and shape our kids' personalities, 
But when they're in bondage to someone, person, we need to take authority and cast it out. We need to take authority of this world that wants to use and abuse your children and teach them things that are not true so that they have a belief system that brings them into bondage and the fear of man. So verse 29 we read, and it says again, the fear of man brings a snare. So let me just, what is a snare? A snare is simply a trap, and it's the hardest kind of trap to see. That's what they do. They trap animals, and they hide it, and they step in the trap, and the trap grabs them one leg, and they try to pull away, and they can't. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's going on. And there are a lot of times we find people trapped with the fear of man. It's a snare. And we're wondering why these things happen. God, it's, maybe it's just your will that all this, I'm going to say it, excuse me, this crap is happening in my life. Pastor, you said that? Yeah, I did. Because some of you are facing crap in your life. This kind of fear the Bible speaks about wants to speak to you too. When you have the fear of man, it wants to prophetically speak to you. That's why I asked Dr. Mila to come up and to prophetically speak to you what God is saying. Because there's another voice saying things to you, and it's because of the fear of man, of what they will do to you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, in the New Century Version, I thought this was pretty cool how it explained it, God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. It's not a personality of fear, but it's a spirit of fear. What is happening in, in men and women's lives, young men and women, is that they walk around in fear of mankind. Fear is a prophet spirit. It tells you what your future will look like with deception because fear doesn't know what your future looks like. Only God knows. He's the alpha and the omega of our life. And we need to make a choice today, today, breakthrough, that it's only God that will foretell what my life will be about. And you find that in the truth that will make you free. Amen? So that fear of man will tell you what men will do to you, and it creates that fear in you and binds you or ensnares you to that fear. So you won't make decisions to move forward when God says, I want you to do this, and you have to do it by faith because you've never done it that way before. But you don't do it because you're afraid of what man would say, what man would do, what, what your, your uh, children would say. You're embarrassing me, Dad. You're embarrassing me, Mom. That bondage will hold you there until God shines his light and brings true deliverance. Why? Because what we've talked about, what Dr. Mila talked about, because we repent and we know the truth, and that truth will bring us and make us break through into the things God has called us to. Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 4 and 5, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Hmm, interesting. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Anything I say from here, I am not saying to shame you. What I'm saying here is, is that I love you, God loves you, and I desire, God desires to bring freedom in your life in this area. Some of you have dreams that you've given up on your dreams because of the fear of man, the spirit of fear. And I want it to, be, to break through so that you will attain God's dream that he's set in your heart. 
Some of you are depressed because you've given up on your dream. And I'm saying to you, dream big and let it be God's dream. So here are three things about the fear of man, what it does. First of all, it snares, remember we just talked about that, it snares you to man. John 12, 42 and 43, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So there were leaders in Israel that believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were going to heaven, but they didn't say anything about it because they were afraid of men. Because they were going to get kicked out of their position. And so they were more concerned about the praise of men than the praise of God. Fear of men binds you to people, ensnares you. It causes you to displace God from the place he should be. We remove God from our educational system. Again, we try to remove it from our political system. We've, we've tried to rearrange everything that we've stood for in America that we stood for as a church. Many churches uh, do not teach the word, but they want to be men pleasers. And I want to say, because of that, there have been many people that have lived in destruction in their lives because they've been deceived. In our children's ministry, we say Jesus wants to sit on the throne in your heart. Let me ask you this question. Is there a throne in your heart? Well, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Isaiah 6, 1 says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. In you, church family, in you, you will decide who sits on the throne of your heart. Who rules your ways? Who influences you and binds you to the way of thinking? My passion in my life, individual life, is to be bound to God's way of thinking, not to man's way of thinking. If you fear man, it binds you to their ways. Man now is your meter of acceptance. Man is now your standard of success. Your joy is now tied to the, I'm going to use a term I rarely use, the fickle feelings of people. One way or the other, it just bounces everywhere. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is man's approval many now seek and man's standards they now are judged by. Notice how man's standards change sometimes daily. It is man's wisdom and value you now seek. You hear these terms in our nation today. Well, this is what we value as a nation. This land was founded on the principles of the word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our value system. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 19 says, While they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. Whoever you fear you are in bondage to them. 
Peter said, you put them on your throne, you're bound to serve them. There in 2 Peter. You become least like the real you when you are bound to somebody else. You lose, oops, your identity. I want to tell you this message is coming straight from the throne room of God. And I am piercing the darkness that has ruled you and your children and your children's children in the last 30 decades, excuse me, three decades. Have you ever been at a picnic? Everyone say, yes, pastor. And you got into a three-legged race? You are bound with that race to look stupid and uncoordinated. A three-legged race is they tie your right leg to someone else's left leg. Then you try to outrun everyone else who look stupid too. Trying to give you a picture of this. Some of you probably have broken bones doing this. And no matter how athletic ability, how much athletic ability you have, it goes out the window when you're bound to someone else. That's the picture of the fear of man. If you are bound serving man, then I'm just going to say it to you. You look foolish, fickle, and uncoordinated in the spirit realm. You can't be you. And that's what the world is crying out. But the world is saying, be a person that serves me. Fear me for what I can do to you. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, church. You can't function normally when you're tied to the whims of others or other people. You can't even walk well. Have you ever tried that? You can't even walk well. And I'm talking about spiritually. And in the spirit realm, when we're tied to man, then what we look like in the spirit realm is uncoordinated and have no ability to finish the race without falling. It's called faith in God. I knew another day you're going to be real quiet. Scripture is saying, do not fear man, so you can be you in Christ. You know, the only person that can give you freedom is Christ. So the fear of man snares you to man. Here's the second. It snares you from God. I'll say it again. It snares you from God. How many of you ever felt like, God, where are you? The fear of man pulls you away from God and binds you to man. Peter, we talked about this in this series, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to talk about it again because I'm going to show people today a little bit more on this story. Peter denies Christ in Luke 22. So look at the scripture through the eyes of the fear of man now. All right? Luke 22, verse 54. Having arrested him, Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl 
seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he, Peter, denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. All right? But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned. Watch this. The Lord was there. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this in a segment. Some of you think that Jesus looked at Peter and went, <sighs> Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know what? There, there are seasons or times in all of our lives that we've recognized that we've pulled away from God. There are two people in the New Testament that wept bitterly. Peter wept bitterly, and the other was Judas. Totally opposite of the way people were in there. So if you've walked away from God, please know God has not walked away from you. I believe that the look that Jesus gave was a look of love and also a look of faith in the word that was given. And that what happened was that word that he remembered convicted him. And he went away, not condemned, but convicted in his spirit of what he did. He was afraid of man and pulled away from God. But Jesus, with the look, drew him back and said, Peter, I know you just screwed up. I know you feel the way you feel. But I love you. And I want you to come back to me. After that situation, Something happened to Peter, the rest of the story of his life, to when he was killed for his belief. He said, please hang me on the cross upside down because I don't want to even have anybody think that I think that I'm anything like my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who I honor. See, the look that God gives you today is this. I get it. I understand. What you're seeing in this world, I get it. I get it you're afraid that no one's going to like you. I, I, I get all that stuff. But I want you to understand, if you fear me, which is honor and respect, not afraid, then what you will receive is everything that I promised you. If you've denied Christ, you're not born again. Today's the day you can receive Jesus Christ, like the two this morning that have received Christ. This is the heart of God. My faith doesn't rest in my ability to hold on to the Father, but my faith is in the ability for the Father God to hold on to me. I'm going to mess up, but I know God's not going to let me go. He's there for you. Some of you might be living your life of just total fear of man. You've denied Christ and many different things in your life. You've, you've brought relationship because you've denied his ways. And those relationships constantly bring you tragedy and hurt and, and 
unforgiveness and all kinds of things. And God is saying, come back to me. Come back to me. I love my brothers and sisters in this church because I've watched you grow. I've watched you become the disciples of God, the disciples of Christ. I've watched men and women who face difficulty in this world, tribulation that, that killed their body, but they stood for the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed in the healing and they weren't healed. And today they're with the Lord. But my look is not, well, where was your faith about your healing? My look is how great a faith that you had in your life. They did not allow man to be their Lord. You know what? I've been there. I've been there where, you know, I wanted that accolade. I wanted that promotion. So I'm going to make a decision to do things that are not right. I'm going to do that so I can get that promotion. But the Holy Spirit was there giving me that look, that loving look. says, Gary, come on, man. Jesus looking at Peter was the look, Peter, I get it, but come back. I love you, Peter. God is not surprised by your actions. God is not offended by you. God doesn't look at you and want to kick you around because he's mad at you. God is lovingly looking at you and saying, come back. David, King David said in Psalm 32, 8, you will lead me and guide me with your eye upon me. <laughs> Uh-oh, God's looking. Like some people falsely say, Grandma's watching over me. Grandma's not watching over you. Matter of fact, Grandma's having a real good time in heaven. Doesn't want to see what you're doing. The Lord is looking at us and saying, come on, be with me, follow me, and don't fear what man can do. I will take you where I know I want to lead you. I am your Alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end of your life. God knows what's wrong, and it is not condemning you, and is saying, Gary, I'll fix it for you. Think of this. When the enemy wanted to sift the strongest apostle, Peter, like wheat, this is the guy whose shadow would bring healing on people's lives. He wouldn't say in Jesus' name, pray for an hour and fast for two days. He would just walk and his shadow would hit people and they would, they would get healed. Satan used his strongest weapon against the apostle Peter. What was that weapon? The fear of men. That's it. Jeremiah 17.5 says this. Thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord. So what I'm saying to you today is, wherever you've been, what's gone on in your life, draw close to the Lord and stop fearing man. So the fear of man, it snares you to man. It snares you from God. And the third and last point today, it snares others through you. When I understood this years ago, I fell on my face weeping to the Lord. Because I understood, I'm talking about me, okay? Don't get offended with me. But my foolishness of being fearful of man created havoc in other people's lives that were around me. And created an atmosphere where they couldn't see God. When you're bound, you bind other people. Those psychologists, psychiatrists in today's day, 
who study the, the efforts of man will tell you this in a heartbeat is that when you are bound, others around you will be bound. Because they always tell you that if someone, you were raised by someone who was bound, they will be bound. Scripture says generational curse. We can go on with that. We're not, because that's not what we want to talk about today. The good news is, though, God can fix it. As you being bound will bind others, you being free will free others. That should have been a like hallelujah type thing. How many of you know people are bound around you and who they are? My question to you, are you free? When you have the fear of man, you get wounded, and from those words you ensnare others in woundedness. You become controlling, hurtful. Words come out of you because you can't handle this thing and domination. You become an instrument in other people's bondage. I'm going to read these quickly because of time. John 7, 13 says, However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Notice fear of man. John 9, 22 His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. John 19, 38. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took the body of Jesus. Jesus, John 20, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. In the day of the Bible, the Jews did everything to impress people and did everything to impress people with fear by creating more laws and regulations with God's law. They then produce that culture everywhere. Matthew 23, 15 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for that compliment. But I want you to look at it as a fear of man. (coughs) Excuse me. It's hard to hear that you're sick, but it's great to hear that there's a cure. In the Bible, Jesus is not diagnosing what he cannot fix. So when you hear things from the Word of God and you say, well, I just, you know, I've tried that and it just... Jesus is not bringing things up that he cannot fix. But what needs to happen is a change of rearranging our lives. Instead of having fear of man, we have this fear of God and his ways. So please accept, if you're bound in the fear of man, you are projecting that on other people. We need to accept that. All fear-based relationship deteriorate in one of two scenarios. So all you young people that are thinking about getting married, hear this really strongly. You want to contain and control them, and a lot of times you'll go against your own belief system. If you can't do that, then you do the second you reject or revile them. People in our world either have friends that they can either control or are like them, or they reject and revile them. So you either have these friends, and then you have these old friends that you don't like anymore. 
Amen. And we don't open ourselves up to real relationship. Where, guess what? You get married, your spouse is different than you. All right, let's go on. Let's get free from this fear. If we don't get free, we hurt one another and live with the fear of man. There was a study from Barna uh, regarding the church, and the end result of the study was that they found out that it was the fear of man that created the havoc in church. That the average church member, leader, will last after appointed as a leader six and a half years. Because by the time six and a half years come, they found out they can't control everybody, and then they don't like everybody. So you have the, the, you know, the war that's in the midst of the church. We have this group on this side and this group on that side. But they all love Jesus, and they can't get along because it's the fear of man and not the fear of God. That's why I love this church. What God has done at Valley Community Church has brought a group of people together that love Jesus with all their heart and desire to do the right thing and his ways. And because of that, we're experiencing this mighty breakthrough that is happening and greater things. And your future, God is the one that is prophetically speaking to you, and your future is going to be a great future. Your children and your children's children will rise up and be everything that God's called them to be. Why? Because you're free. Because you've had breakthrough yourself. So what's the key to deliverance that brings freedom? Uh, Remember verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but one yielding upon the Lord will be glad. First, we need to see that you are bound in the fear of man. You need to see it. And, and let, me just, let me just say this to you. Unless you have absolute revelation of what I just taught on, you're bound to man in some areas of your life. The second, we need to get ministry or disciple so you can begin to yield upon the Lord, as Scripture says. We're talking about OSL when we begin it. We're talking about Bible studies, seniors, women, men, you name it, get here. When the church doors open for study, get here. If you're not working and study, get online, listen to it over and over. You must be discipled to break free of this because it ensnares you, and we don't even know it's there. And we wonder why God's not answering our prayer. We wonder why all this stuff is happening when I'm giving, doing everything that I'm doing in church and in my community. There are a lot of churches, they do a lot of community thing, but they're all falling apart. Their marriages are falling apart. All the different things. Why is that? Because they're ensnared to man. They're bound to man. So the hard part without the ministry part You try to do it by yourself, and you can't do it. You couldn't do anything with your sin. You needed Jesus. And you can't live the life that I'm talking about by yourself. That's why you need your brothers and sisters. That's why I love coming to church. For all those who are online, get to church. I get it. Wear a mask, whatever it takes. Get to church. Be with your brothers and sisters. There's something about being with you makes me a better person. What is that something about? It's Jesus in you. Amen. That makes me a better person. You cannot be delivered by yourself. Why? Because that's the fear of man. That's why you need the church family. You need your pastor. You need your pastors. You need your friends here. You need the Bible studies. You need to get on a ministry team. You need to give in ministry. You need to receive in ministry. 
You need to get into prayer. You need to get into the Word of God. Everything that we teach here. Bottom line, a wound leaves you vulnerable. Well, I'm going to church, but I'm never going to let that happen to me again. Guess what? The devil just said, boom, gotcha. You must get that wound healed because Satan will pull. Bottom line, you know what Satan will do? He's going to pull this on you. He will take his finger, and where you're hurt the most, he'll go. You like that? God, why are you doing this to me? I'm still hurting. Good. How come my pastor's not fixing me? Good. He'll remind you of your past. I don't like some of my past. Don't look at me that way. You shouldn't either. Your old behavior where your emotions are tied to man. See, you could say, today I am free. But go on home and remember that jerk that did that 20 years ago. And you're in the same boat. You're tied to man. Amen. Well, I did everything for them, and look what they did to me. Okay. That's who they are at that moment. Next year, they could be the the next Billy Graham. Because God loves them as much as he loves you. Let's all stand. I want to conclude with this. Bottom line, you know the message today is? I wrote this before I finalized it eight times because I didn't like what I was saying. I still don't like what I was saying because it's too simple. Today's message is God speaking. He is saying, let me fix this. Are you ready? Let me fix this. That's what God is saying right now. Yeah, but you don't know my life. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what I faced. You know my bad decisions. Stop. God has already fixed it on the cross. It is a done deal. What you have to do is this. Is say, God, I no longer will fear man and show me how to do it. I showed you right here. I showed you. But just let the Lord reveal it to you. That jerk that you don't go to the grocery store on Wednesday because they always go shopping on Wednesday, you don't want to be around them, you need to go to the store on Wednesday and give a big old smile be a blessing. You need to face the stuff that you've run from because you are bound by that situation. Can we do this again? If you're comfortable, if you're not, that's okay. Don't give an evil look to anybody. doesn't do it. But if you're comfortable, grab the hand of the person next to you. Matter of fact, Pastor Dan, is there uh, still the hand cleanser in the foyer? There is. Okay. So don't touch your face and let the usher spray you, whatever, you know. I'm making light. It's real. It's serious. Okay. People have died. But I want us to break out of this fear of even holding people's hands because it has bound you in Jesus' name. I proclaim the freedom of God. Proclaim now, I am free. Father, you heard their voices. What they're saying, they're free of the fear of man. And now because of that, all of a sudden, here's this suction that now they're being sucked into you. And because they love you, they're sucking you towards them. And now... 
they're in their right place. They're serving the true and wonderful master. His name is Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for breakthrough. It is done. Breakthrough. Everyone say breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord an applause. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to know this. Invite your friends. Invite your family. Bring them. Salvation is at hand in this place. God bless you. Have a great day.